check, check, mic check. Show presented by NFAB. It's noon Pacific, Thursday, April 14th. St. Louis Supercross coming up this weekend. Round 13. Let's see, 13? Yeah, 13 out of 17. The uh, Monster Energy AMA uh, Supercross Series. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. 702 586 7857. Give us a call. Take your calls on Supercross, on St. Louis, on uh, 250E Series, on the 450 Series, whatever you want. Fly racing, the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by the modern dirt bikes of today. Today's gear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well. It must be lightweight. It must be protective, yet still durable. Fly racing created its Evo 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evo 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system, race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, simple one-handed adjustment. Evo 2.0, check this stuff out. It's their top-of-the-line gear that uh, a lot of dudes are wearing week in and week out, like uh, Trey Kennard and uh, Weston Pike and Adam Entenap and uh, lots of fly guys. Can't really think of any right now off the top of my head. NFAB, n-fab.com, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. Jeep, truck, or SUV, steps, light mounting solutions, bumpers. They've got a lot of things going on um, there. With the uh, folks at NFAB and uh, great sponsors of the JGR team, of course, with Pike and uh, Barsha and Nicoletti, and also um, uh, the Ampro. Um, the Ampro Yamaha off road team is uh, NFAB's a uh, big sponsor of those guys. So uh, I'm Steve Mathis with me, with me as usual, taking your calls, holding things down over there. Uh, the Tis Legendary. Hey, Steve. Cutting it close by one minute today. One minute. Yep. Not but all that matters is that I got it in. Uh, what are we giving away today? Uh, I know exactly what we're giving away today. It's the uh, backpack. The Fly by OGO Bandit backpack. Oh, nice. Okay, so we're giving away Fly. It looks pretty backpack. cool. Made by OGO, so you know it's have, strong. Yeah, it's probably you know pretty it's good. good. Uh, 702-586-7857. We're going to give away to a random caller. Uh, Jason Thomas going to join us. Jason Wygant going to join us. And I think Michael Antonovich from Transworld. He's in St. Louis for press day. So why not have him on, right? Don't you think? 250 East Series uh, getting heated. Uh, and Aaron Plessinger won last weekend in um, Indianapolis. Great ride by him. First career 250 Supercross win to go with a 250 Motocross win. And so this series is heating up a little bit. Two ten points only um, 
after uh, the rounds are done over Mookie. Mookie's got a couple of wins and uh, certainly looks to be the favorite, I think, going forward. But a lot of these guys are making mistakes. A lot of them are kind of giving it away. And from there, um, things are getting sideways. We're waiting for everybody to have a, a poor race. Mookie maybe had the least poor race that we've seen. Uh, Justin Hill should be back this weekend. Um, but he's probably out of this thing after missing two races, but he could certainly get in the mix. And we're still waiting on Tyler Bowers. I got a feeling maybe we're going to keep waiting. I don't know. I don't know exactly know what's going on with, with Bowers this season, but this 250 East series as a whole just seems to be just a big bunch of jambalaya mixed up and, uh, nobody really wants it. Nobody wants to grab it. Um, will Mookie be able to bring it home? If he does bring it home, he's out of the 250 class. So he has to, uh, has to move up from there. So that should be interesting to see. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. If you're in the 909-951 area, uh, which a lot of our listeners are, um, please check out the, the Paw Spa. It's uh, 320 South Main Street in Corona. Uh, CoronaPawSpa.com. They're on Instagram. Uh, they're on Facebook. Pet grooming, self-wash, uh, healthy pet food and treats. And uh, if, uh, if you use the code, uh, the code PulpMX, uh, you get 10% off. Um, so just use code Pulp. Uh, or actually, it's just the code Pulp. Save 10%. CoronaPawSpa.com. Food grooming. Uh, they've got a the pet shuttle home delivery service uh, for all the IE. Uh, so, you know. In Inland Empire, 951-909 people, please check them out. Uh, they've helped us out a lot with all of our rescue guys, and uh, so I want to film a plug here, and they're good guys, and uh, they're very helpful. Welcome to the show, Racer X Online's Jason Wygant. Yeah. Do you, If you have a dog, Wygant, the Corona Paw Spa might be the place to go if you're in the Inland Empire. That's a big if. That's a big if. <laughs> what's, what's more likely, moving to the Inland Empire or getting an animal? You know, it's funny. I'm the exact opposite of every human on Earth. I have no issues with the Inland Empire. If, if Davey calls me tomorrow and says, we need you to move there, I'm there. Uh, if I need to do anything involving a dog whatsoever besides harming it, I'm out. Um, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Well, if you, yeah. if you yeah. do go to the, the Inland Empire and you do get an animal, go to Corona Paspa. The only reason that dogs are safe around me is because I'm so scared of them. I can't even do anything like bad to them. That's, that's, they're lucky in that way. Are you scared of your hair in the Cole Seeley uh, Weege video that you've been getting a lot of flack about on Racer X Online? It, it is pretty shaggy. I'm actually, can I, can I go to that spa? Yeah. Maybe they can work on the hair. It's kind of similar. Yeah, use the code PULP. You can fix that hair of yours. Um, <laughs> Racer X Online, it's a Cole Seeley video. It's the Weege show. He does it every time he's at the races, which isn't often lately. And uh, you got to check out his hair, everybody. You have to. It's... I shot that, right? And then I go back to my hotel room. I shot that on a Friday, and I went back to my hotel room to just look and make sure it recorded and looked okay. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like the first time I had looked in a mirror all day. Um, and I immediately left the hotel room and got my hair cut. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Um, RacerXOnline.com forward slash subscribe to the magazine. We're trying to get some more subs for the magazine. Uh, it's real cheap, and uh, usually get something and uh, a lot of cool articles in it each, each uh each week, so please check it out, people. We're just telling the world that the, the stuff that you and I work really hard on in the magazine is totally different than what you're seeing on the web. I know. And people probably don't realize that, and we're putting in a lot of work. <laughs> Speaking of the web, uh, four out of the last seven stories up on RacerX Online right now are either me or contributed by me. Wow. Four you're out of hot, seven. Hot. Um, okay. Before we get too far into talking about St. Louis and the Supercross series, let's talk a little Adam Cincerello, which is something up online that I did. Um, I 
He hasn't talked to the media very much. He hasn't wanted to. He decided to come on the Pulp MX show probably just to stop me from bugging the shit out of him. Um, I, I mean, I don't feel like it's at all over for this kid. He's had two shoulder surgeries. Now he's coming off a broken wrist. He will be, he'll, be, he'll be ready for Hangtown. Now, if he gets a few more injuries, maybe I'll change my mind. But I, the kid, 19. He's 19, and he's still he's fast. He's always been fast. And in our sport, talent wins. Uh, what are your thoughts on Adam Cincerello? Is, is this, can this kid get it back? Yeah, I think uh, I would definitely lean to the it's going to be okay more than this is a disaster. And this is the only proof that I have of that. A lot of the comparisons I'm now starting to hear people make, they're not even close. Like, you can make comparisons to other, I guess, talented riders that didn't make it. But it's usually because of something ridiculous, like they got into drugs or they got arrested or they just weren't motivated anymore. You know what I mean? But there's no sign of that uh, whatsoever. So in that case... The only parallels you can make are maybe some prodigies that got hurt a lot, and that's Robbie Raynard. But I think Robbie would tell you right now he blew it by coming back too early every time, right? It was a huge factor. Kept coming back before the shoulders were ready. Kept coming back before the wrists were ready. AC is not doing that. So I actually, all the tragic, they didn't make it stories that everyone is trying to parallel this with, I don't feel like he quite lines up with them. He's not on drugs. He's not, you know, over it, burned out. And he's not rushing back from injury. So I think I'm still going to say it should work out. I agree. I think so, too. I mean, does he come back and dominate nationals? No, but I think he can come back and be top five every week. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, it's certainly he's not going to be where he could have been. If he had not been hurt in Toronto 2014 and all the way through that, the heights that he might be at right now, could be astronomical. He's certainly not going to be there come Hangtown. Uh, the two years off of injury certainly played a factor. But I don't know if this guarantees five years from now, six years from now, when he would really be on his prime and on a 450, we might be looking back and being like, wow, that was a rough stretch, but he's okay now. It's like I wrote in the story, too. Let's not forget about uh, Marvin Muskan, a torn thumb and two ACLs, and everybody was like, when's this guy going to get going? When's this guy coming? When's he coming? Nobody talks about that right now. Yeah, and another thing I'll throw in there is yeah, there's so much proof right now of these guys that weren't superstar prodigies at a young age are really succeeding, like Ryan Dungey at the very top, uh, but also guys like Seeley. There's so many guys like that more than ever. I'm not even sure that two years of not being able to moto down and race and race and race all the time and pressure and all that, I'm not even sure that's a bad thing because, man, we're just seeing more and more proof that if you win at every level from a very young age, it actually, for some reason, works out worse uh, as of late. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how that can be, but it actually yeah. is being borne out over and over. Yeah, I'm interested to see how the kid can do. Um, I know he gets a lot of flack. He put out a big thing on his Instagram. He loves social media, and you know he's getting a lot of flack about all the injuries, and I get it. I understand the way the fans yeah. think, but none of us are going to remember this if things hold together in a year. Uh, and don't forget, he did half the Nationals last year before he hurt his shoulder again. So... You know, I mean, he did race last year and the year before. It was the Supercross. He's three for five in career uh, Supercross races. So, man, I don't know. I just think people are being a little harsh on this kid. Then again, I don't know if I'm friends with him, but I really do like Adam. So maybe I'm biased. One thing that actually was interesting, the most interesting thing about the story we just posted, you were talking about his split with Alton Baker. The thing that hurt him at the Nationals last year were these bizarro just tip-overs and washouts and, like, dumb crashes that you're like, why is that happening? And you know what those crashes are like? You know, we've, we've all been through this. This is like when you're tired at the end of the day and you just make dumb mistakes. And I was like, why would that be happening? 
Yeah. But it seems like he's kind of revealed that that was the problem. For whatever reason, he just didn't feel fit. And, I mean, 20 minutes into a moto, running fine all alone in third place, and you just wash the front end, is that not classic what happens when you're tired? Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Uh, he, he's yep. been uh, – it's been really weird for him, I think, with Baker. Like, he just – he said his heart rate just he could not get his heart rate down and just no matter what he was doing he was getting illness he was getting uh Epstein Barr um he was trying to back it off and just 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 wasn't working out so um I know JT's a huge fan of Alden Baker and and, and and certainly the results are there but I'm not one of those guys I'm not in that corner um training is training man um you can figure it out it's not a, Alden doesn't have some magic touch you know so well this is going to be a real test um it is this is a- no one, it is true, people can point out that there have been riders on all the Baker's program that have not succeeded, mm-hmm. but we have never seen someone leave him and do better than they were doing when they were with him. Um, you know, and Ken Roxon has got the crosshairs on him right now. I mean, Kenny's riding well. Kenny definitely a fierce pit, uh, fit on lap 20 of a Supercross, no doubt about it, but he's... Certainly not exceeded the success that he it's, had. He's with all I think yet. the jury so yeah, the jury is out on this Roxon move. I don't think you could say one way or another right yeah. now. Yeah. So, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That should be interesting to see. It's another cool storyline, and of course Austin Forkner coming in too. So now we're going to have the hot young kid Austin Forkner, who everybody's predicting these great things from, and then Adam being like, "Hey, wait a minute, I'm still the hot young kid." Or let me show you that I'm still good. Should be interesting. Well, I hope that the atmosphere is okay. That's that's one of the few things I think they can derail it. It's it's all how the pressure affects these guys. And that's why I'm thinking it might be okay for him to have two years kind of mm-hmm. with the fire burning more and more because he's not even allowed to get on a motorcycle. But uh, I think the only worry I have is not the injuries, not leaving Alden Baker, none of that. It's more of the, you know, is he going to be happy at the races? Is it still going to be fun? Is it going to be pressure? Is the atmosphere going to be weird with Cooper Webb doing so well or, or mm-hmm. Forkner getting the hype? How does where, where's Mitch Payton at with with Adam these days? I, I assume he's still on his team. He's he's a guy, so he's got yeah. to help his rider in any way possible. I'm assuming everybody's good. Um, but do you get a little bit of a stale vibe over there or not? That's the yeah. That's the interesting part. Yeah, we're giving away uh, Fly Racing OGO backpack on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Jason Wygant uh, joining us uh, first up. Uh, we're going to have talk to Anton from uh, St. Louis, live from Preste, and uh, Jason Thomas will be on in a little bit. Also, uh, let's get to the phone calls. Uh, Patrick, what's going on? How are you? Welcome to the show. What's up, Steve? What's going on? What's happening? What's your question? Well, I actually have three safety concerns from Indianapolis. Okay. The, the first safety concern was Jeff Alessi needs to not ever ride a dirt bike on Supercross again. I oh, watched stop him. Stop it. He made, the main, he made the main event. Listen, stop no, it. no, listen, Steve, I agree. He's, he's a great rider. He rides great. What, you know, he, he's, he's good. But my problem is, is that you do have to get these guys off the track when it's as tight as it is. I saw him almost yard sale three or four people just because he was pulling up. And he was trying to get out of the way, but still, it's a safety concern. I mean, he's, uh, he's not hitting the whoops. He's, he's, he's doubling rhythm sections. It's, it's, it's not good. I don't care what anyone says. It's not good. No, Can't I agree. I agree. I've said many times. Black flag these guys. Uh, Jeff is Jeff has no intention of racing twenty laps. He doesn't have the fitness in him. He doesn't care to do it. He wants to get in the main event and simply ride around. Black flag him. Well, give him the points. He's earned the spot in the main. But I, I, I've said it many times. I agree. 
It's more like three laps. He has an intention to ride three laps, and that's about the extent of it. Yep. But, okay, so besides that, not hate on Alessi. Well, I will say this, though. My wife's first Supercross was this uh, last at Indy, mm-hmm. and she walked by uh, by the Alessis, and, like, he kind of, like, the group of them kind of just motored through her. She's like, who are those people? I said, yeah, that's Alessi film. That's why I don't like them. So, anyways, but next next point here, Dungy did come over kind of crazy through the whoop section yeah, on that. You know how it went, like, you had like six whoops, yeah, flat, uh, flat six more yep, whoops. Yep. Right. He he came over in that in that in that uh, on Roxon. I'm talking like not just come over, but like I'm sitting right there in that section, so I saw the whole thing. And it almost to the point of I'm surprised Roxon kept it together and didn't end up off the track. Well, it, it, it was pretty. It was pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what what Craig did to Savachi, and, and I said at the time, like it's it's a little greasy. You know what you're doing yeah. if you're Dungy or or Christian Craig, but on the other hand, you're in the lead, man. You you control the track, so it's a little greasy, but it's part of racing. So no problem. Right now, I, yeah, I got no problem with that. I just about had a heart right. attack. I thought it was, he was going to die. The, the last thing is, I thought you were kind of a little over the top, a little bit on the uh, flagger situation. Like, man, come on, give the guys a break. I think they had three caution flags on the, like, actually three flaggers that had caution flags on the entire track. No, they got more I, than that. They, they got more than oh, that. Oh, I, I, I'm telling you, I was, I was counting because because of you. I'm counting. Because I was being, you know, maybe a little bit more, you know, observant. But I'm telling you, there wasn't that many. There was a guy, plenty of guys with blue flags. Mm-hmm. But the, the caution flags, they, the sections weren't. I'm not sure that they were they're covered as good as you thought they. If you thought they were, at least for Indy, it wasn't. No. Nah. Like I, I paid attention to it, Steve. Uh, there's got to be more than three dudes with yellows on a supercar well, track. Well, you I mean, know what? There probably was. There probably was, but there was. wasn't a whole lot. But and, and it, my point, my big point to the whole flagger thing is this: is that when the blue when the blue flag's waving, it's. One thing I, I think you have to remember too is that it's. I, how do you keep up with who's, who's passing you or who's by you? You know, with the blue flag, are they radioing into them, telling them, "Hey, here comes the leaders," or what? Are they radioing to the to the flaggers? Right. Yeah, the, the the AMA officials control the red cross flag and the blue flags. The flaggers, uh, volunteer flag guys that get a get a t-shirt and a hot dog, they they run the yellows. Um, <laughs> so they give the people that they assume knows what's going on a cross flag and a blue flag. However, assume is a is a, a big word because a lot of these guys have no clue what's going on. I've seen the blue being given to guys who are on the lead lap uh, over and over and over. So um, right. the whole flagging thing is an ugly subject to bring up, and it kind of came to light with the Detroit penalty. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. It needs to be improved, uh, whether it's the AMA guys or the volunteers each week. It's, uh, it's not a pretty sight. I see it all the time. Weed, you see it all the time. Um, these guys don't appear to have a clue, and it's cost Ryan Dungy a race win. But with that being said, However, too. Go ahead, okay. Weege. Go ahead, Weege. Oh, I was going to say, you know, they did, they were cool enough to go. We had a weekend off, so they're two weeks between that uh, win that was worked for from Dungey. But they showed the footage. You know, there wasn't some locked up in a vault. They showed the footage. And honestly, I know that everybody thinks it was a bad call and they shouldn't have taken the win away. But when you watch that clip, it, can you still unequivocally argue that Dungey, it's 100% not Dungey's fault? I mean, he goes through a turn. There's a red flag waving, and he just completely jumps the jump like he normally does. I mean, that's entirely on the AMA. That's entirely the incompetence of the AMA. I feel like everybody thought that until that clip was shown, but I wonder if anyone's mind was changed by that clip. I mean, the dude was there waving the flag. 
Yeah, but that but, but that happens that happens all the time, Weege. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, one other thought here, real quick too. So, my wife's first Supercross. You know, she's not a huge Moto fan. I mean, obviously, I listen to you probably more than I ought to. But on the on the end of the the end of the line. It's a lot going on. When you see your first race and you're watching something, it's hard to pay attention. How do they know these guys are actually even can pay attention and know what they're looking at? Whenever you know you guys got guys that you have no experience or even know what's going on out there with any flag at all, it just to me seems like like almost like you're digging up people just like a, a temporary like a temp agency picking just finding anyone that would do it. And to me, just kind of eh, yeah, you know, uh, it's I'm, professional I'm sport. I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. It, yeah. it can be improved uh, by a lot by a traveling flag committee to the races, but that all costs money, and who's going to pay for that? But uh, it's uh, it's I not. I say, by the way, half yeah. the time, if you, you see those yellow flaggers, you know one would believe me on this. But half the time, they're like the local dude who has been racing motocross for forty years, and this is like their thing every year where yeah. I get to be one of the flaggers. They're not all. I know everybody thinks they're all like homeless people. They dig out of a cardboard box. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I see plenty of dudes who are fifty years old and have been racing since age six. And to them, that's the coolest part of their year that they get to stand on the Supercross track and flag. They're not all completely. This is the argument I always have, right? Our sport versus their sport. Well, not every flagger out there is completely clueless about motocross. Oh, absolutely not. No, nope. no, nope. you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yep. It's it's. And, but there's a lot of mistakes made on a week to week basis yeah. with flagging. Um, yeah, and it's and and, and the lunch clip. The flag was waving. The flag was waving. Yeah, okay. It didn't change anybody's mind whatsoever. It, it, like even ten percent. Like mm hmm mm, nothing. Not even like a hmm. I'm not sure. Nothing. I, I just I, I I saw it and I'm just like okay. First of all, it was probably a bit early. It was probably a little bit early. Um, the guy was on the inside of the turn. You know he he should be standing on the jump. He should be standing on the jump. Right in Dungey's face. Right. These guys have tunnel vision. Yeah, you know? that is the argument. That that, that is right. the argument that he was on the inside. That was Dungey's argument. He, I, I was taking the the line. I was taking to the corner. I couldn't see where he yeah. was. I get that. But uh, but, but I mean, the dude standing there waving a flag. But uh, Patrick, thanks for calling, man. I agree on a lot of your yeah, points. No, Thank you, man. No yeah. problem, man. Thanks. thanks. Uh, Nate, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. What's happening? Hey, how you boys doing? Good. Hey, uh, I was curious, what would be the downside of, you know, these, these lap times keep dropping to 43, 44 seconds? What would be the downside of just saying, you know, screw it, we're doing 25 laps tonight to try and bump that time up? Uh, Weege, I'll let you, the floor is yours, Weege. You, this is something that you've talked about a lot. This is what I've heard. This is what I've kind of heard, and this is going back a ways. I, I used to do a lot of work for Phil, but I don't anymore, so I'm not really on the inside anymore. But I feel like at least, say, 10 years ago, and the main events were not as short, but they were still pretty darn short even then, I feel like the inside gossip was, listen, laps 20 through 25 would be even more boring than the last five laps, which weren't exciting either. I know that everyone thinks if we could just get five more laps and five more minutes, the races would be so much more exciting. But I think the people that won the races aren't sure about that. And... Yes, we happen to have a barn burner between Roxanne and Dungey that went all 20 laps. You can even say the last two races were like that. But for the most part, the first five or ten laps are pretty exciting. The last ten laps are pretty boring, and I think that's their fear. Yeah, I'm not, well, I I'm mean, not Nate, I'm not totally sold on that either. I've heard people just say 20-minute yeah. mains, no matter how short, long the track is, 20-minute mains. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. It'd be, it, not often we get a, a Mano a Mano Anaheim 86 battle. 
You know, we just just don't get that. Yeah, but I mean, at the yeah. same time, you know, if if the results aren't going to change, you know, if that that's the the side of the argument. Yeah. I mean, what's the downside of having another five laps to watch? Yeah. You know, play yeah. Through um, no, I think it's I think it it's, it's, it's the opposite of what you think. I think it's because they feel like. That leaves even more of an opportunity for everybody to leave and say, holy crap, was that main event boring. Five more boring minutes, five more boring laps to make the overall racing even more boring than it already was. I think that's the fear. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I disagree. I, I, I still yeah. think that the majority of fans would enjoy watching you know, a little bit longer, even if Dungey was you know, 40 seconds ahead. I'll tell you what, I wrote about it in the last few weeks. I, I, I wrote about it the last few weeks. Ticket prices are an $80 average, which is a ton. When Feld got control of the series, they jacked the ticket prices up. There was no doubt. And that's their right, whatever. I've heard, I've heard it from a few people. But um, you can't charge $80 and then just see the best in a, in a three-hour show. Maybe longer, three and a half hours, I think it is. I think it's 6.30 to 10. You can't charge $85 and have your number one stars like Cooper Webb and and, uh, Ryan Dungey hit the track for for less than 20 minutes. That's not a value. Uh, You're not seeing, you know, if you pay, you want to see Kobe Bryant score 60 last night, um, he's going to play three quarters of the game. Um, You're getting your money's worth. I, I, but I wouldn't make them longer, Nate. I would bring those guys back out for like a bracket race challenge, uh, two laps or whatever, like we see in Europe all the time, a Super Bowl, uh, anything like that. I would bring the stars back on the on the floor to um, to have them in the mic, and you know, all of a sudden, hey, Dunge, look at Stu, look what he just laid down. Let's get to it. And Dunge goes, all right, I'm going to try. And I, I, I definitely think you yeah. should bring the stars back on for longer, though. But not, but lo- no. but don't make it longer mains. So no, I agree. I just. You know, I like that that form better too. You know, a few more races, whatever head to head. You know, who knows? Yeah. Um, but it just felt like you know, watching the practice times. You know, forty three seconds. Like, holy cow! Yeah. It's like you could just call an audible and be like, "All right, we're doing twenty five tonight." Yeah. You know, no, they can. I agree. Don't do the checkered flag, anyways. So. I agree. Um, I agree. Uh, it wouldn't be a bad thing to do, and why not? Who cares? Let's let's just do it. Uh, I know for, there was a managers meeting on Friday night before Indy Nate, and one of the things talked about was, "Hey guys, the Feld said we had 43 minutes of racing in a three-hour TV show, and that wasn't acceptable to them." And I wow. and I yeah. agree. I agree. Oh. So, oh. Um, and by the way, to make matters worse, I don't want to insult any riders here. But, I mean, you've got you know, semis and LCQs are half of the show. That's very nice of Fox Sports, or in this case, Fox Network this weekend is going to air the whole darn thing live. But, I mean, they're essentially saying we're even going to give an hour coverage of Supercross's B and C level stars. You know, we'll give them an hour in the center of the show where you won't even see Dungey at all. Dungey's going to race the yeah. we'll same for another hour, and we'll have a semi where we get Blake Baggett, Weston Pike. No offense to those guys. But they're not the Yeah, stars. but the average fan just hasn't heard of them. Yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, yeah. that's all yeah. I'm saying. So that's being very generous to the TV networks to be like, yeah, we'll give you a whole race with these guys without any stars in it. Yeah, it's good for the teams that, have, that supply these riders and everything else, you know? So, all right. It is. It is. I understand, yeah. but that's uh, awfully giving to the networks. Thanks. Thanks, uh, thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. Yeah, you guys have a great show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yep. What do you think of that bracket racing? Why again? Would you, would you be for that? Yeah, basically anything that, like you said, gets them out there for something else. I'm not convinced. I'm not against 25-lap mains or 20-minute mains. Like, I think it'd be great. Also, I'm just not convinced that it's the game-changer that everybody thinks it would be. I don't think it would actually feel as different as it seems like it would on paper. Like, I really don't think anyone knows when the main event's over. If you asked them, was that 14 minutes, 17 minutes, or 19 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm 
I'm with you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. But, and you've always said that. That's why I threw it to you because you're always like, be yeah, careful, but, people. <laughs> yeah, but getting them out there for something, yeah. getting them out there for something uh, with that a little bit of anticipation and drama, really, I mean, to me, the three main format from Monster Energy Cup is the ideal. Yeah. But if it's a bracket race or something else, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, no, more gate drops are always good. Uh, John, welcome to the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's going on, man? Hey, um, just have, I've got two questions. Okay. One goes along with what you guys are saying. So, in outdoors, they have the two, I guess what you could say, main events, right? Uh, yep. What if yep. They, so, why don't they just move, like, qualifying time, or, you know, the heat races or whatever, to, like, a Friday night thing, and then just on uh you know, Saturday night, why don't they just do two main events for the guys that qualified the night before? The spectators, they get, you know, basically two nights of racing if we're going or that type of thing. Uh, they got to rent the building an extra day for that. It's now a two-day uh, ticket price. Uh, nah, I, no. I don't think so. it. no. That's really what it is, Steve. I don't want to turn on the promoters here. The riders are begging for a one-day format and one less day of travel. Begging, begging, begging. So, unfortunately, I think as a promoter, you're already there. There's no doubt. As the Nationals, the fan experience was better when you had Saturday and Sunday dudes out there. Like, who could argue two days is better than one, right? Yeah. But I think think this is the teams and riders uh, voicing their opinion of like. Yeah, no, I I agree. And Uh, practice. We get nothing out of practice on Friday. Please let us stay home and train one more day. uh, Not a shame. Yeah, I agree. Uh, All right, John. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So, the next question is okay, so my second question is. So I know this is just rumors or whatever, but uh-huh. so let's say that Han loses his spot on factory Kawasaki and Kennard goes there. So what's the what's the point for Kawasaki to say uh, Han's been injured too much over the past two years or whatever? We're gonna we're gonna drop Han and we're gonna go to Kennard, who is just as injury prone as Han is. So basically, you spend no. all this time and money investing into Han. And then you drop him to go to another injured-prone rider. Well, you know for, I mean? first, Kennard has a way better record than Will Hahn uh, as far as staying right. healthy. Well, that's just you know, yeah, that's just an example. Or right. you know, let's say they pick up Dean. No, uh, you no, yeah, you're that. you're absolutely right. That is something these teams have to think about because if you have an outside sponsor like Monster or Red Bull, you have to put somebody on the track um, to get paid. Rockstar, these guys. So that certainly comes into into play, um, John. For sure, um, yeah. something you got to think about. I mean, but, you hear you hear guys saying like, you know, I finally got my setup right, and then you know, two weeks later that they're injured or whatever. Then they yeah. move on to a different bike the next year. Yeah, no, so it it's like it's it'd a, be better to just let them get comfortable and say, you know what, this is our guy for the next four years, whether he's hurt or not. Yeah, no, you, you know who did that? Guy Gohanda did that with Will Hahn. Uh, they've done that with a lot of guys. I'm surprised actually they gave up on Zach Bell as much as as quick as they did because they are a very lenient uh, team that lets people find their stride. Mookie also. Um, they're not yeah. scared to let those guys. Uh, hey, you're our guys. You'll figure it out. You're not always going to get hurt, and they've been rewarded yeah. with it. So there's there's some yeah, thinking agree. to that. Absolutely, John. So, all right, cool. th- thanks, man. Right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Show. Thank you. Uh, all right, live from St. Louis. He's uh, did press day today. Transworld Motocrosses Antonovich, Michael Antonovich. What's up, Anton? Hey, how's it going? Good. Weege's on the line. Also, what's the vibe? What's the track like in St. Louis? Is it is it primo dirt? Oh yeah. Always, always really good. Um, actually, the face of the finish line was, and a lot of the jumps were actually already really rutted from oh. the three short sessions that they did today. So, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, but it's pretty, I mean, it's standard St. Louis dirt, so it'll who, be really good come Saturday night. Who did uh, press? Uh, 
Monster Cali, Yosh Suzuki, with the exception of James. Oh, okay. Uh, Brees, Alessi, Intiknap, uh, Tyler Intiknap, and then a couple other local privateer guys, Mark Weishar, uh, Theodore Pauly. The James guys in Pauly. the Tundra? Did the guys in the Tundra do it? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, I want yeah. to check on that. Now, you reported on Transworld Twitter that James has a fractured ankle? Yeah. Um, sat down and did an interview with him and, and just kind of were discussing how this year has gone and how last week went and what exactly happened. Hold on. He was there? Yeah. He he had to be here for press day. But still. And I'm still surprised. Weege, right? Weege, you surprised? Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm shocked. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we were just kind of talking in the hall and, and had the video camera on for the interview and he was just kind of like well the full extent of it is that I, I fractured my ankle last week and earlier in the day it wasn't as bad like right mm-hmm. after the crash because remember he crashed and then still went out and put in a decent lap you know pretty quick lap for that session and then I guess as the day went on he felt worse and worse and then couldn't ride by the night show and then hasn't ridden this weekend and he, he's got a limp but he said he's going to try to race Saturday and then I mean it's He's been in a walking boot all week up until today. Uh, well, no offense, but well, this is not going to go well. <laughs> I predict right now. Um, yeah. Weege, what do you predict? Yeah, he's not on my fantasy team this weekend. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just put that out. He's in a walking boot. He hasn't ridden all week. It's been a rough year. I don't like his odds to line up at 7 o'clock on, uh, on Saturday night. Uh, that sucks, man. I know that Stu's uh, always love hate, but... You gotta feel bad for the guy. Like, come on, man. I just when's he like? I don't understand why the button, the reset button, hasn't been pressed. Like, see you at Hangtown, James. Yeah, he said that's kind of what their their focus is. Like, let's get through these next few. Is the vibe that he puts out, and then they've already started testing on outdoors. Uh, you know, he's been in California with Blake at Top Edge and, and Milestone uh-huh. last week, I think it was, and then. They're going to spend the next two weeks in Florida uh, testing. So one week, like a couple of days at Blake's house, uh-huh. a couple of days at James's house, and and they're going that way. But yeah, it's kind of like, why would you wait and get kind of risk fate right now when you have three more months of racing that you could prepare for then? But the other thing that he says in the interview, which is going to go up in just a little bit, uh, he he wants to race. He knows that that the reason, or he feels the reason that everything is kind of been such a mess is because he hasn't raced and he needs to get a little bit of confidence under his belt put in some actual laps instead of practice laps because riding with three guys at the house in florida is way different than riding with 20 guys in a stadium any given weekend so okay kind of a rhyme and reason everything he's doing uh he explained it pretty well so we'll see come saturday well, it's been a complete disaster for james for his team and everything and so instead of stopping and starting and now you have a, a fractured ankle, so it means you crack. You have a cracked bone in your ankle. Um, go home, heal up, ride right. the next ride, and just see you at Hangtown. There's no energy drink guy waving, you know, pressure on uh, – putting pressure on the, on the team. Just – I don't know. I, I don't know why these guys don't do that. Uh, if you want to fly them out, fly them out for Saturday to sign autographs or something. I don't know. But leave the walking boot on. It's just – it's just I don't know I don't understand this strategy. Weege, have you talked to Mike yeah. Webb about it at all? Have you this Webb? No, because uh, you know I don't go to races anymore. But um, <laughs> the problem with it is like you like you kept thinking, well, it's not going to be a story because eventually he's going to be. This will be the week he's back and things are going like it's. You kept thinking it was good, like, hey, just 
seven days ago we thought, okay, things are starting to turn, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I didn't bother to ask because I didn't realize it was going to, okay, now it's officially a disaster. And although you said, yeah, you're right, they don't have an energy drink outside sponsor pressuring them, and I don't think any of James' sponsors have specifically called him on the phone and said, you need to start racing. I think he internally feels some obligation and pressure. I missed an entire season last year. My comeback, I basically missed all the races again. I think he feels a little pressure himself to just get out there, and don't forget he owns his own gear company, which he wears. That's got to complicate uh, the idea of just skipping Uh a whole other month of racing. And that's pretty much exactly what he says. Like, I need to be out there. I need to be racing. It's been a while since I've raced. You know, I mean, straight rhythm was great. That was six, eight months ago, you know, and it's a one-off deal. We we saw how Monster Cup went. We saw how Lil went. You know, the Anaheim one deal, he, he really took this concussion serious that, you know, he said. So I think it's been kind of just a lot of messes that they've had to work through, but he knows, like, I have to go race. Like, I've been on the sidelines for way too long. I have to come out here and show people that I still have it. What? Yeah, if you're Red Bull or DC Shoes or any of the bike sponsors from Dunlop to Suzuki itself, or his own gear company. I mean, you're not exactly pumped over the fact that he's basically not raced in two years. So I think that makes it a little harder to just say I'm shut down again. Has anybody ever recalculated James's winning percentage when he does not crash? Have we, have we ever have we, have we revisited that? Remember, it was uh, it was uh, ninety eight hundred percent. It was a point. Yes, a hundred percent. Then it was uh, it was ninety. Has anybody re- gone in and figured these numbers yeah. out? This is dropping. Yeah, right? I don't do math. So dropping I rapidly. Past that. Um, hey, Anton, I heard that. I'm not the, sure he's oh. barely in the races, so it's not dropping. Yeah, yeah. Anton, I heard the pits are half the size, or they're really small. Yeah. There's a convention or something going on. There's a convention next door. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anybody that's familiar with St. Louis knows that the convention center and the stadium are connected, and we usually have these three big sections of a room. I guess there's a convention that's going on Saturday also, and they have one-third of the thing, so it could be pretty tight, but then again, I don't really know how many people in St. Louis know that the race starts at 1 o'clock, so we'll see how many people are actually here, because that's kind of the thing, like, this race has been going on 20-something years, and it's always started at 7 o'clock, so if you're the casual fan that's just going to get plastered in the upper bowl, you show up at 5 o'clock thinking like always, and and guess what, at 5 o'clock the race Uh is over. Dude, I would, I would actually like to interview some people, stand outside and talk to some people walking in the building around 3, 4 o'clock and, and be like, hey, you've missed the day. The day is over. The mains are going it's over right now. Well, um, on top of that, too, it's playoff weekend here for, for the Blues. Blues. I don't know if they're here. The, no, the, they played last night. Are you serious, Anton? Are you serious? You don't know that? I know they played last night, but I don't know. Do they play tonight? Do they play Saturday? I don't know. But then I know there's a baseball game, which I couldn't there's, care less about. The Blues, the Blues are playing the Blackhawks in the first round. They have home ice advantage. There's a game tomorrow night. Okay, it's tomorrow night. I didn't yeah. know if it was Saturday night. Um, Weed, you're the TV guy here. What do you think of sacrificing the integrity of the night show program, quote-unquote, and perhaps some beer sales and things like that uh, from a stadium level in order to go on Fox uh, TV like they're doing this weekend. How do you feel about that? I think any big-time sport has made huge concessions for uh, TV for the simple math of what's the most people we can get in one of these buildings, 50,000? Well, we can get a couple of million to watch on TV, so I think that's just the way, that's just the way life goes in any sport or any event. 
Okay. So you're all right with it then? Yeah, you're fine. Again, millions versus tens of thousands. That's, that's all they're looking at. <laughs> um, yeah. And the ratings when we've been on Fox have generally been a much better. Fox Fox Network compared to Fox Sports 1 is a huge difference. No, no, no. Actually, we don't know because they only did it. Is that New Jersey race last year was the first time they ever did it, and it wasn't that good uh, from what I heard through the grapevine. But then again, it was – here's the problem they're dealing with, right? That was the next to last round. Dungey had already wrapped the title up about three months earlier. Uh, where was the hype? Mm-hmm. So uh, I know when we do the Nationals and NBC compared to NBCSN, it's a big difference, but – uh, the one Supercross they've had so far in Fox, which was New Jersey last year, I heard the ratings were not exactly blockbusters. Yeah, I think that they have the like the idea is pretty solid. I just think the execution is backwards because you need to have the West Coast races, which are three hours behind, you know, hours behind a good majority of the country that watches the race. Think of how many people on the East Coast are up at 10 o'clock at night to watch the Anaheim races, where if you flipped it and put those in the afternoon, you could have all of these viewers. Can you do it in the first part of the season when it's actually exciting? But then again, like, right at that time of year, we're going up against football playoffs and stuff like that. So good luck getting TV time. Yeah, right. No, there is that. Also, I think they are stumbling upon – also, this Saturday night formula is working probably better than they ever thought. Like, I feel like they, the network promotes the races much more than they used to, and everyone's live, which is still relatively new. I think the oh Saturday night Supercross is going to be on is starting to become a thing. NASCAR uh, drivers watch time. the NASCAR drivers watch it in their motorhomes. Ralph says. <laughs> well, I know that sounds dumb, but I'm sure they do for that very reason. No, I know. Ralph tells us. Yes, every every Saturday. They don't go to a website to see when it's on. They just know every Saturday night if I turn on Fox, there's probably a Supercross on. And suddenly this weekend it's going to be like, what? Where was it? Yeah, could be. Anton from Transworld Motocross, uh, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Your hometown Supercross this weekend, so it should be uh, very exciting for you. I'm I'm happy for you and your drunken buddies. Uh, Yeah, I mean, when we have one in in Canada – in your neck of the woods, we'll do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll go hang out there. Well, so. uh, fantastic. I hope we uh, can hit dinner tomorrow night and you not pay once again. So, We'll see. Thanks, buddy. I don't know. I mean, dinner with you, dinner with my mom and dad. Right. We'll see. All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Thanks, Anton. Later. All right. Uh, Jason Wygant, uh, thank you for joining the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Always a good time. Uh, you're not going this weekend, but uh, sadly for you, you are picking the series back up uh, next week. It's going to be tough, but I'll be there in Foxborough. You'll be Foxborough. You'll be New York. I think I'm going to all the Nationals, too. Sure. <laughs> I hope you're going to all the Nationals. I hope so. I have a contract. <laughs> yeah. I am, so yeah. let's see. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, buddy. All right. All right. Yeah. See you. Jason Wygan, everybody. Racer X Online. Let's get to Eric. Uh, he's been on hold for a while. Eric, what's going on? What's uh, what's happening? Hey, man. Uh, I just wanted to, to ask you a question. First of all, the podcast you did with uh, Tomac's dad, John, I thought was really, uh, really good and Thank thankful, you. interesting. Uh, interesting guy. Question is, um, what is, what was your thought about his comment on spreading the wealth to some more of the privateers, um, you know, making the sport a little more healthy for the guys that are barely making it from race to race? Do you find that that's um, more of a general consensus, or is that something uh, that caught you a little off guard from him? Yeah, I was surprised at that, right? Um, because when you're one of the, if there's haves and have-nots, John and Eli are a have, uh, Ryan Dungey. Absolutely. They, they, I'm with you on that. Like, 
Uh, I was a bit surprised that he said that, and I, I 100% agree. I mean, if you listen to anything I do. Um, I listen to everything yeah. you do, I know. <laughs> I, I, I was just like, wow, like, uh, because I agree, like, you know, the Chisholms and stuff are making no money compared to Ryan Dungey and James Stewart, and they shouldn't be making nearly as much because they're not as good. But, God, we're right. not healthy when those dudes are barely getting by. And, no. and, and Ryan Dungey and these guys are making $5 million plus a year. Um, so I, I liked it, man. I was really surprised, Eric, that, that John said that. And, and I agree with him, obviously. You know that. So um, Absolutely. I thought, it was a really so good, that, I thought it was a really good podcast all along. I, I, I was happy to do it. And John's a, John's a, a really nice guy. No, I, I agree, hands down. But uh, So what do you find in the pits? Is that, that's not a uh, normal way of thinking? That's not a normal thought process for other uh, halves, if you will? Yeah, I, yeah. No one really brings that up. No one really talks about that. You know, some of the team managers, um, some of the team managers over the years, like the factory guys, have have told me like like they're just like uh, they're like, man, why do we have to like pay for everything with these guys? Like, why do we like the purse money is pocket change for these dudes, right? Um, sure. So they don't even like the the teams are like we're we're the ones making. Uh, these guys, the, the money. Why, you know, why can't they make more from the promoters and everything else? Where the factories are bringing, uh, bringing these um, riders, they're responsible for most of the income. So I've heard that. I mean, that's just self-centered because they're complaining about having to pay for everything, you know. But I've heard it from those guys before, where they're just like, man, well, you know, yeah, you know, Feld Motorsports with you know Monster Jam that sells out every stadium, every round could probably not dip into that pot to make our sport a little healthier. You know, that's probably way out of the the blocks type of thinking that will never take place. But it, maybe it needs to. Who knows? Yeah, no. I, th- look, the, 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 the Feld guys do a great job. Um, they're making a shit ton of money from this series. That's I know, my point. I know people who have worked there and left, and they've told me some things about how much they, they figure the, the series is bringing in. Feld bought uh, Arena Cross, Supercross, and Monster Trucks for over $200 million from Clear Channel. They don't, you don't spend $200 million on something that doesn't make money. They can. Correct. They do a lot. They give back, but they can do so much more for the sport, and it's only as healthy as your weakest guy in the main event. And right now, those dudes at the back of the 450 main event, who are so gnarly and such good riders, are barely getting by, and that's not that's not cool. The 250 class, the purse money is a joke. It's even worse, and so no, I, you know, it's it's frustrating for me too. But uh, no one's making it. But on the other hand, on the flip side, Eric, and I've said this over and over. Like, these teams, they need to get together. They need to get together and say, look, Feld, uh, MX Sports, we're providing the the clowns to the circus. Um, Without us, you wouldn't have a show. We need some more money. But none of these teams stick together. None of the riders stick together. They've tried. They've met about it. I think it has to happen on the team level and not the rider level. Um, So these guys kind of get what they deserve. Because, I mean, you know, if you – for example – you know, Tits here, I, I pay Tits uh, money to come in every Thursday, and he's happy with it and everything else, but I'm not volunteering to give him more money, um, and, you know, yeah. unless he says to me, hey, I need more money, otherwise I don't want to do the job. He's happy, and I'm not going to just voluntarily give him more money. So if these teams and riders can't stick together um, and try to get some more benefits out of the Feld guys, then screw them. I guess they deserve, they get what they deserve. Yeah, you know, I just, I agree with you so wholeheartedly when you talk about you know a, a an eleven year old uh, I believe he's eleven D Francesco getting a hundred grand you know and then you got like you always say you know you've got a Chisholm um, 
you know, intake nap, even though he doesn't make all the mains, but he's there and he's baked some of them. I mean, that's baking it. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. That's, I just, like you said, I just think the series broken. I think, I don't know. Maybe I'm just beating the drum no, over and over I, I, again, but I just. Yeah. No, it's, you know, how much are these amateurs really selling for you uh, compared to a grown man that's making 450 main events that's a local hero in his region? Um, and yet our sport is just so broken where we're just giving these kids more and more support, more and more money, and we're forgetting about the dudes that are actually really good. Now, chances that's are... They actually have made it. Yeah, they've actually made it. Now, chances <laughs> are DeFrancesco and these kids that are getting all this help, they will be stars. There's 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 good chance. Um, but it doesn't, doesn't mean they are for sure already. And we're just, as an industry, we're bending over and just, just get, you know, just whatever these guys need and want and... It just frustrates me sometimes, man. I uh, I just I don't understand the way the sport works. It just I don't know, man. Um, you know, eventually these things got to come to a head at some point, and I guess market correction has to happen. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, hey, man. Thanks for everything you put out. Let's get back to the show. I appreciate it. Steve. Yeah. Thanks very much. Hey, you want a backpack from Fly? Sure. Just because you agreed with me on everything, I I, I like. <laughs> I'll take that. That's all it takes. Stay yeah, on. That, that, that's. That's awesome. Thanks. Stay on hold. Tits will get your info. Fly Race and OGO Backpack. Stay on hold. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. NFAB, Jeep, Truck, and SUV Parts. Proud sponsors of the Ampro Yamaha team um, and also uh, the JGR team. Uh, I know a lot of you people have trucks, so get some get something from NFAB. And also uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com, of course, a uh, big part of the show. And the lightest, most flexible breather gear out there is the Fly Racing Light Hydrogen Racewear, flyracing.com. Let's get to Arnold. Arnold, what's going on, man? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. What's happening? Hey, I uh, had a couple questions. Um, is JT on? Um, now he is. Oops, I hung I up am. on Arnold. What's up, JT? I hung up on Arnold. Forgot to oh, forgot to lock him in. It'll be back. If Arnold if Arnold comes calls back, get him back It'll on. It'll be back. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, you were busy earlier on the phone. Uh, I, I got a call like literally right when. Uh, I see how it is. On, so. Yep. Um, well, I can't control who calls me. Does that make sense? <laughs> Your day job is really hurting my my jobs, my shows. So uh, is, I, I would argue Arnold, that they help you more uh, than they hurt you. Uh, okay, Arnold, you're back. Sorry, buddy, I hung up on you. What's your question for JT? Um, the new Liat helmets that just came out this last, you know, real recently. Um, what do you guys know about that as far as, like, do they really have an advantage from a safety standpoint, or have you, and, and uh, also, are any pros, like, at Supercross running this helmet? I've not seen any pros, uh, running the Leon helmet, and honestly, I don't know much about it. I don't know how much JT knows either, but, uh, JT, what do you... Yeah, I mean, I've seen it and read up on it a little bit. Um, you know what, with helmets, uh, everybody has their idea and everybody's working hard to improve um you know helmet technology and saying one helmet is safer than the other gets uh gets tricky because uh, a lot of this stuff isn't proven and there's a lot of ways to manipulate data and make a test look favorable for you and you know i was having fun with pingree uh on this tld helmet because I was pretty informed on what they did with theirs, and we were kind of going back and forth. And everyone has their spin on what they've done with their helmet, and that that's just a fact. Um, 
so whether their helmet is safe or not, I you know I can't answer that, and I don't think definitively anyone can answer that because it's every test is going to be different, and, and yeah. depends on what speed you're talking about and what kind of crash you're talking about, and and all kinds of different variables. So you know what's um, funny, JT is and, and Arnold uh, also. I when I was at Parts Unlimited, uh, there was a independent study done by Cycle World or one of these magazines that concluded the $100 helmet from uh what is it um what is that what's their line oh zur z1r zur zur z1r helmets was the best helmet on the market arnold because it sustained less damage in either multiple crashes or something and and this was a not a bottom paid for study i found it very hard to believe but these dudes conducted a study and came up with a hundred dollar helmet was better than anything else on the market and i just shook my head but this is what's going on a little bit arnold with helmet guys and 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 yeah jt's right he fly fly racing their helmets are great uh mips technology um in a lot of theirs and you know it's one of those things you just try to do the best you can but then there's a cycle world that says a hundred dollar helmet is the best uh what's the weight on the fly helmets what's that i'm sorry what's the weight how much do the fly helmets like say a size large weigh a size large uh, in our MIPS F2 is 3.2 pounds. And we, okay. we have a, right. a European version really. that is hold on, hold on. basically where your weight comes from is uh-huh. being able to pass your Snell testing uh, because okay. they have repetitive hits in the same place. So you basically have to add mass there. Uh, but our, like our ECE only helmets, which uh, you know a lot of the market's going to and which is the helmet we offer internationally, um, that helmet's actually under 3 pounds. So... Um, it's something we're looking at doing is going to fully see down the line uh, just to save weight and as Snell becomes a little bit less relevant. Um, so, yeah, you see, if you see the super lightweight helmets out there, the, you know, there's some on the market that are just incredibly light, um, almost scary light. They're, mm-hmm. You know, those aren't passing Snell testing. You, you basically can't pass Snell and be that light. But, so that's where the big difference oh, really? is. In. But, JT, yeah, I feel like there's a switch, there's a tide turning where we're, the Snell is a one massive drop uh, test, uh, lots of impact. I feel like, and I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the Snell test, we're starting to go away from that as far as, hey, this is what your brain needs. Do you agree? Yeah, I think it's just uh, for motorcycling and motocross, you know, type sports, I think that people are realizing that Snell isn't so relevant. Uh, it still does carry weight with uh, some, you know, some dealers that I, I speak with, uh, it, but it's it's the guys that have been around forever, and Snell was kind of the name. And if you didn't have a Snell rating, then yeah. your helmet was, was junk for a lot of people. And, and I think that that's changing, and it's, I think, moving forward um, long term, I think ECE will kind of be the, the relevant test. Mm-hmm. But as you can so see, Arnold, yeah, job. lots lots of Arnold, lots of uh, lots of debate and talk about helmets for sure. Yeah, with this MIP system, they're kind of looking at more impact on an angle. Is there a standard for for measuring an, an impact like that, or do they not have a standard for that yet? Not really. Uh, it's just basically just more testing, and and they can see how the uh, the energy gets deferred by that liner sliding. Um, and that's really all they're doing. Like they have, you know, it's uh, somewhere in the 10 to 15% of the energy can get transferred away from your brain uh, in a crash like that because of the MIPS system. So um, that's really all, you know, there's no regulation or or kind of testing as far as um, uh, 
standardized testing, testing for that. Yes, but in, yeah, independent testing is, has shown, and they have all the you know tests and data at, with the institute there that can show how that that energy gets transferred, and, and that's why you're seeing everyone go to it, whether it's Troy's brand new helmet or our helmet or Fox's helmet or whoever you want to talk about. Everyone's incorporating MIPS into their technology, you know, because of that. All right, right. anything else? Um, I'm from Oregon. I was wondering if we're going to ever get our Seattle Supercross back. I heard it was coming back. JT, did you tell me about the parking lot or something? Or somebody said something about the parking lot? Um, yeah, they 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 had a condo that, if you remember the last time we were there, was basically covering like half of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Well, they've even encroached more than that uh, since we've been there last. But I do think that it's uh, it's a pretty high possibility moving forward that we'll be back there. So wow, I don't think it's anything awesome. done. Um, you got time I, for one I've last heard recently thing. <laughs> that there's a good chance we're going back. What's up? What's okay. up, Arnold? Yeah. Austin Forkner on the when he ran when he was winning those arena crosses, you know that he ran this last couple this last year. Mm-hmm. Do you think he had an equipment advantage running a pro circuit bike? I don't know. It depends on what his bike was. Uh, you know, I know what the the Babbitts guys have. They, they have uh, Monster Energy uh, Pro Circuit. You know, that's their team. They use Pro Circuit products. I know people on that team, and it's not what the race, what the Supercross guys are using. Um, it's much, much more tamer. And from what I understand, the amateur kids kind of get that same kind of program. Um, so I don't know, but I don't know what he raced with. I don't know what they gave him. So hard to say. Okay. But if it was just yeah. a Babbitt's bike, then no, it's not a Supercross bike. And I don't think it was a big advantage. If it was just a Pro Circuit amateur kid bike, then no, I don't think it was a big advantage. But if it was a Pro Circuit Supercross race team bike, then yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't know if he, you know, if there was a right. reason he was winning or if he honestly is that good. No, he's pretty good, man. He's he's pretty good. So <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Right. I'm a huge fan of him. Thanks, Arnold. All right, thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you, uh, Neil. Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. You're the last call of the of the show. What's going on, man? Not much. Um, I was just curious if you were uh, were you saying that it was deeper and Chesco that was getting 100 grand from Thor? Um. I don't know which guy it is. Uh, I get the. I can tell you that. I can tell you for sure that's not true. Yeah, he's not getting I, that from Thor. I don't know if it's Thor or, or which guy it is, but those guys, those ki- those kids, if you, if you, if you're not just counting Neil uh, gear, but if you're counting the the travel money, the bikes they get to keep to sell, they're making over a hundred grand. All those kids. Oh are. yeah, yeah. I, I know that. Uh, I have some friends, mutual friends of Carson Mumford, that told me what his contract was. It was like. Well, it was like 150. They were saying so. Yeah, I thought that was incredible. Yeah, that. it's that insane. Was just the money part. It's insane. These kids are 10, 11, 12 years old. They don't go to school. They're homeschooled. I doubt the parents have jobs. I don't even know if they do or not. I guess I shouldn't say because I don't know. Some of some of them do. Like Carson Mumford's dad's like a well-respected. Uh, I think he's an AC tech or something. He owns a company in yeah. uh, Valley. Yeah, area. I think RT knows him. Rich Taylor knows him too. And yeah, he yeah he yeah, he, he but. Apparently, this Mumford kid, um, what he's on Geico, right? Yeah, he's on okay. Geico. Okay, before he went to Geico, um, <clears throat> this this kid's dad talked to Rich a little bit, and the, the numbers are insane. What they were, it was full full bidding war for a twelve year old from everybody. Oh yeah, my yeah. buddy was his practice bike guy. Yeah, and yeah, I, it was, it was, it's I and, and Neil, this goes back to my conversation with Tomac or Eric Johnson, my podcast. Yeah, I just I, I don't. To, yeah, I listen to those. This is not good. It's not. Yeah. It's not healthy. Um, and I blame JT because his fly racing is one of those companies giving these kids. Yeah. All <laughs> I'm just. I'm kidding. But but JT, it's out of hand. It's crazy. It is. And yeah. then I have it's one scary. other question. Hold on, Neil. Hold on. Go ahead, JT. 
Oh, I was just going to say sometimes we have to hide the hide the numbers from the owner because it gets so scary. I don't I don't want him knowing sometimes what we're paying some of these kids. I just and yet there's Chisholm who is getting a per race deal from O'Neill. A 450 main event. They're like, "Yeah, we'll pay you per race, Chiz, um, you know, if you make the mains." And I'm just like, "Fuck, but what's you know wrong the with us?" Is, the difference is and I know I know this is a sore spot for you. Yes. The difference is is those kids are getting all the limelight at these events that they're at, and a guy like Chiz gets drowned out at a, at a Supercross. He gets no no publicity, and no one's paying attention because he's just another guy. Dude, but do, do you end. think he is? He's got a social media yeah, following. He's got a, he's got a Rocky Mountain truck. He's got a Rocky Mountain truck. He signs I know, autographs. I was one of those guys, though. I know how it is. You just get you're just another guy out there. Unfortunately. <sighs> But if it, if uh, Chiz's following was to be improved by doing a show or something of that nature, do you think that would help him boost his uh, profile for money, JC? Yeah, but you've got to, you know, it's hard to just say, oh, I'm going to do a show and it catch on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand that, yeah. but I'm just saying if he were to somehow do one and it, it yeah, be successful. I think, I think Albertson has shown that. I think Jimmy's got a nice social media presence and some videos and the Ronnie Mack thing. Um, oh, I, I know for I know from personal experience, we paid him more because of his his presence and publicity than just his. If it was just his writing, you could take about fifty percent off his deal. I can I can assure you because I know it's been on paper. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, poor Chisholm, I, I throw his name out there so much as this poor guy. He's my he's my poster child for like getting effed over. Um, but I just I just look at Kyle and I'm like, he's a good rider. He's a main event guy, and he's making nothing, and that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, I agree. Um, even um, JT, JT, you were a lot like Chiz, although I, maybe he's a little better, better than you. Top end, I don't know. Very close, let's say. You were making more money than Chiz in the heyday of the sport. Yeah, I think Chiz's Chiz's ceiling was higher than mine, but he, yeah, he, I think my, my actual results really results are, are, yeah, yeah. turned right. out better because he's had such bad luck. But yeah, he definitely had a high ceiling. I mean, he was getting you know five, six, seven there for a little bit. Isn't your best finish like a six GT at a Supercross? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, six outdoors, outdoors too. I mean, or fifth outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fifth outdoors. But Kyle was Kyle was better than me as far as uh you know top end like his best day versus my best day. He was going to be better than me. But I, JT, your top end, yeah. you were making one fifty a year. Uh, more like two fifty. Okay, so you know, um, Chase probably made two fifty L and M days. But uh, that's a yeah. long time ago. He was he was doing pretty well at one point for sure. I everybody was though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I just uh, I hate yeah. when I hear about these kids getting these deals. I'm just like, oh my god, like stop it, everybody. But what are you going to do? Because there's nobody regulating them, and these teams are just getting younger and younger to get these kids. So um, maybe we blame. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a race to the bottom right now as far as age for everyone. Um, which it hurts guys like Kyle because you look at where the budgets are going, and there's not much left for a guy like Kyle. Yeah. Sad. Do you think eventually this turns to the other side of the scale where people start to pull the John Tomac approach of not pushing their kid once they see that this is only going to produce burnout? Dude, I don't know. You're going to tell these parents that, these crazy parents? that like, I think that, it's going yeah, the other way. That's true. I think these kids are getting worse and worse. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? And, and, like, can you imagine, like, like – it's crazy because uh, uh, Caroli and uh, DeSalle, these dudes build their own goggles at the GPs and everything, and they, they bring their gear to the races and everything. Meanwhile, yep. you think Mumford's built some goggles anytime soon? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, it's just nuts. We're just, we're I so remember when I was a kid, and I was winning, like, I was winning 
you know, I was a top three Loretta's guy, winning regionals, winning all, you know, there's not, there wasn't so, weren't so many amateur nationals back then, but yeah. I was running the same goggle lens for like three, four months at a time. <laughs> right. Uh, I know. Like, that's not even a joke. Uh, you I know, believe like, you. Yeah. It's just how I have like three pair of goggles. I hate you know, it. That was it. I hate Total. it. It gets me bad. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how it's going to fix it, but it's just so, so it's dumb. Uh, thanks, I Neil. Have one more oh, question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, was, wasn't Mancuso the guy that used to give hugs out at Supercross? Yes, yes. Mancuso is the hugger. Uh, yeah. Paul Lindsay got a hug. Yan gets hugs. Uh, I never got but a you, hug. you never got hugs. I ne- never got a hug. I, it, no, nothing. Nothing ever I think happened. you missed your window now. I did, yeah. Yeah, so. you missed your window. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, thanks, Bye. Neil. Appreciate it. Uh, JT, uh, thanks for your limited amount of time today, but uh, you're a busy guy. Um, well, and, I, know um, how, I know how much you like weed, so I get it. We will. We called Anton too. Anton from, oh, from St. Louis, live from the is, dome. Is Anton going home? He's home now, back, bro. Back he's home he's like ET. He is home. Oh, perfect. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. We'll see you in St. Louis, man. All right. See you. All right. See you. All right, everybody. That's it. Michael Antonovich, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant on the Fly Racing Motor Sixty Show. Thanks to uh, Eric, who won the backpack. Yeah, Eric won the OGO Fly Racing backpack. Eric, just because he agreed with everything I said. It's really easy that way. We'll be back next week to talk some, uh, where are we, Boston or New York next week? I forget. It's on the East Coast. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. See you next Thursday.